Hey guys, how we doing? Welcome to the second episode of the Three Man Wall podcast. It's actually a two man wall today uh, because Juan Juan wasn't able to, to join us. Very sad. But he sends his regards and he's very sorry that we won't be able to dismiss everything he says today. Yeah, I think you're going to get a little bit uh, more um, strong analysis uh, with his absence, <laughs> but you may lose out on the lovability and the and the humor aspect. But if you're really looking for soccer analysis, you're getting it today. Juan, we know you're listening and uh, I'm sorry about Gio's, uh, Gio's disrespect. Uh, but love anyways, you, love you, Juan. Shall we? Shall we get going here? Let's do it. Um, okay, let's start talking about Darwin Nunez. Is he worth the 100 million euros that Liverpool are about to pay with him? Right? It's, it's 80, 80 um, right now, and then 20 that can be in, in bonuses for many different things. Right? But at least 80 million probably going to build up to 100 million for Benfica. Do you think it's worth it, Gio? It's an interesting question because I think if you look at the player valuation as to what he's done, I don't. I think 100 million is is a really significant investment. It's it's. I wouldn't say it's like super steep, but you know he's coming from the Liga Nos where he dominated. Um, you know, leading goal scorer, 22 years old. I, the thing that I like about Nunez is that I think Liverpool is half buying for what they like in him now and half buying for what he's going to be. Um, you know, I think he's he's a really interesting player. He's a very quick player. You know, he's still got some refinement that he, you know, I think requires in his game. I think you see some some areas of immaturity, like holding the ball a little too long um, instead of making the easy pass. Um, just gives me PTSD of Nicolas Agnolo basically <laughs> every time he touches the ball. But still, still an elite talent. Two so. minutes in and Roma has been mentioned. Yeah, I'm episode. sorry, Nico. Nico, you're my guy. But, you know, that's just, that's, at the end of the day, that's the um, reality of a young Listen, player. I think obviously, um, I think you're right. There are some signs of a like a bit immature, right, in, in some situations. But I think that most of that's going to disappear at Liverpool. Number one, because he's going to have the guidance of first off uh, personalities within the dressing room, like like Salah, like Henderson, even who can help with that kind of stuff. Fantastic. But Jurgen Klopp, right? Yeah, that's going to be the biggest one. He really wanted. Uh, Nunez, he already faced him twice, so he must have a good reason to to want him. Um, and I think that at Benfica, maybe he's he he doesn't get the amount of service that he's going to get. And he's it's been a lot because he scored almost forty goals right this season, but he doesn't get the amount of service that he's going to be getting from the likes of Luis Diaz, mm-hmm. Salah, Jota. If he's playing, you know, um, yeah, exactly. So like it's and yeah, midfielders too. Yeah, so it's I do think that. That is going to change very quickly, and he's going to realize in the Premier League you can't hold on to the ball that long, right? Yeah. Um, no matter where you are on the field. But I, I want to change my question. Not only is he worth it, um, because obviously the amount of money you have to pay now is what you have to pay now. A hundred million is not even that expensive in this in this day and age when you got Ronaldo for that ten years ago, twelve years ago. You know. Yeah. Um, absolutely. So I'm, I, my question now is, if you have Sadio Mane. And because obviously he's out the door, right? He's on his way out mm. to Bayern Munich probably. But is it is it an upgrade? Is it like, do you think, would you take this Darwin Nunez over Sadio Mane right now? Like, is, is it a good move for Liverpool in that sense? Because he, one is replacing the other, essentially. I think the biggest advantage um, of getting a guy like Nunez, I don't know if it's an upgrade per se, but what it does do is it provides more versatility in their attack. 
Because when you saw with Benfica, when they would build up into the attacking phase, Darwin Nunez, because of his speed, because of his ability, he would pull wide and kind of, and yeah. he can play as a winger. Um, but I think, I think where he kind of fits in best, um, based off his skill set, is a is a typical center forward, a number nine. Um, but I think for a team like Liverpool, you already have so much attacking threats with Salah coming down the wing. Um, that with a guy like Nunez, I mean, he kind of, for me, he kind of overtakes a guy like Firmino and gives you m- more of a versatile attack, allows Jurgen Klopp to maybe adjust his attack um, a little bit more than what's... Because Mane is a Mane, fantastic player, but you know exactly he's what he's going to do and what kind of player he is. He's, he's an all-in-out winger, whereas Nunez can kind of provide more mobility at the front on the front line. Um, I agree. I agree with that to a... To a certain degree because with Mane um, obviously okay so number one before I, I even start with this I think the answer to my question is yes I think it's a it's a good move it's a it's the right decision it's an upgrade not only are you getting a 22 year old in, in into the club and getting a 30 year old out right in, in that regard it's already a, a win but it's obviously a little more of what you need uh, the Based on what you have already, right? And and if you think about Mane, like you're saying, yeah, he's a he's an out and out winger. I, I don't know, like he when he came from Southampton, he started on the on the right wing, mm. and then um, because Coutinho was obviously at Liverpool still, and nobody nobody would move him from that spot. Then came Salah, right? And so Salah came into the right, Mane went to the left, and Coutinho kind of started playing as more of a midfielder um, in behind them. And Liverpool was deadly, right? So it worked. So he, he came to, to the right-hand side, then he moved to the left. And then now Diaz comes in, right? Um, and and he's all, all of a sudden, he's playing. When, they, when those three starts, start together, he's playing in the number nine position, right? So he's very much a, a versatile player. And like I know that Bayern, is, that's one of the things they appreciated. Uh, and that's why they're interested in, in replacing Lewandowski with him. So I do think that he, yes, he's a, he's a winger. I do think he's a winger, but he can play anywhere right but the reason i think it's it's worth it is because okay it's, it's the factor of the age and then you already have replacements for money you already have replacement you have luis diaz who came in you have jota who can play on the left wing or on the right wing or as a center forward firmino's out the door but now you're getting a proper number nine right so i do yeah. think it's a big it's a big decision it's a big risk paying a hundred million for a player like nunez uh who hasn't really proven himself at the highest level but <clears throat> And maybe maybe he has because he hasn't played in a big league yet, but he did face Barcelona, Bayern Munich, Ajax, and Liverpool, and scored against all of them in this Champions League, right? So I do think it's I do think it's a win. I do think it's a, it's a good decision for Liverpool, and now this opens the door for so many things to happen because Sadio Mane is probably going to end up at at Bayern now, and that means Lewandowski can go somewhere. Yeah, I think that's a good point about about Mane's versatility. I think. I think when when I say he's a out and out winger, I'm thinking of like what's the what's the primary position of these players? Like where are they in the perfect system and the perfect fit? Where would they be? And for Mane, it's on the wing. And because, like you just said, Liverpool has addressed the wings. You know they have so much strength there already to get a true number nine like Nunez. Plus the fact that Nunez can also play on the wing. So let's you know injuries could happen. Whether Klopp wants a certain tactical approach, you know he has a guy like Nunez who can do both. 
but the primary strength of this player is going to be up the middle. No, and I think, and, and we'll see a little bit of this um, in the upcoming season, what worked best with Salah, Mane, and Firmino was that neither, like, neither of them kept their own position and, and stayed in that true position during the during the game, maybe except for Salah, he tend to stay on the right a little more. Yeah. Um, but they would all switch. Salah would find himself on the left sometimes, Mane on the right. Even Firmino would go onto a wing to leave that space uh, for the for the wingers to run in behind him. So or drop deep to 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 allow for them to run in behind him. Yeah. Right. And now if you have if you have um, Darwin Nunez doing that, he's a much bigger striker than Firmino. He can win like the those aerial challenges um, a lot more often than Firmino did. So it's going to be good for Luis Diaz, Jota, um, Salah going in behind him and, and, and getting into that space. But it's that they were... So the big point is they were interchangeable, right? On the field during the game. Like Klopp isn't the type of, stri- of uh, coach, manager that will tell you to stay in your position, right? Mm-hmm. Positional play is not his thing. He really, especially with the with the front three, he wants them to be interchangeable. Well, so I think that's where it's a, it's a big win. And you'll see a lot of that next year when... When Darwin suddenly finds himself on the on the left and Luis Diaz on the right, and then Jota's playing as a center forward for a little bit of the game, they're going to terrorize teams with their speed, man. Because Nunez is a is a fast. He's a big guy, but he's a fast guy. So those those runs in behind are going to be deadly. So yeah. I do think it's a it's a good move, and you got to think you, you now have to challenge for the league, right? Like really challenge for the yeah. league because Klopp has one league title in seven years, and and it's not good enough for a club like Liverpool. It was good enough. Maybe three years ago, yeah. when it was their first Premier League in 30 years, and he won the Champions League the year before. Now it's not good enough. You're getting to the finals of these uh, different competitions, and you're finding yourself not winning them. Right? You're losing cha- for Champions League finals against Real Madrid twice. You're losing um, via the Premier League to Manchester City on the last day. And even though you had 92 points, and it's a great, it's a great season, and you're going to go out on the party bus around Liverpool, and everybody's going to be happy. It's it's kidding themselves. I think Liverpool now have to really start. Um, adding titles to the to the to the club's history, you know. Yeah. Time is now. Yeah, exactly. Um, one of the clubs that wanted to snatch Darwin Nunez in the last uh, last minute was uh, Manchester United, and obviously we won't go into detail because it's pretty much done. But United, another one of their big big signings, big possible signings is Frankie de Jong. I want to ask you what you think about that one because. From what I've been reading on Twitter, it's pretty much a split decision. Some people think he should stay. Some people sh- think it's it's the perfect opportunity to leave, even though they're not playing Champions League. So what's your take on that? Yeah, you know, it's it's an interesting one. I think, quite honestly, if I'm if I'm really being practical here, I don't think it, whatever decision comes out of it for Frankie, I don't think it's a bad one, whether he stays or whether he goes. I think, obviously, that previous relationship with, with Ten Hag is is something that's enticing for him. Um, you know, he, he spent a year and a half with Ten Hag at Ajax. Um, but then on the other token, you know, a lot of a lot of the argument is, is he going to give up, um, you know, a year of Champions League to go to, to Manchester United? And I think the, the tipping point here is we know that Man United has been just a disaster this past year. I mean, no direction. I mean, Ralph Ragnick comes in for five minutes, then leaves. And, you know, it's just, it, it's, a, it's been a very dysfunctional club. Now, I think for if I'm in De Jong's camp, I really I think those conversations with Ten Hag are going to be so vital into convincing me that this project is going to is moving in the right direction. Because I know 
I know that Frankie can fit in anywhere. This this guy is just an absolute. He's an absolute animal. He's good at everything. I don't think there's one thing that he's bad at. So what would you do in his position? What would be your intention at least? You wanna you wanna stay at Barca another year and then look to leave, or what? What do you want? Because a lot of changes in a year. We saw it with Mbappe, right? Everybody thought that he was gonna run out his contract, and all of a sudden now he's signed a new one. So what if the the, the young chooses to stay, thinking he's gonna leave next year with with Ten Hag, and all of a sudden he has a great season with Barca, right? You're right. You know what? Like in, in football, things can change so so quickly. I mean, from one year to the next, an entire team's complexion is different. Their market view is different. What they want to do in the market is different. So I think it comes down to what is De Jong's, what is his priority? Is it to play in the EPL? Like if, if that's his end goal, if that's his like crowning achievement for his career is to go to the highest league. I mean, obviously you're going to a legendary club like Man United. You leave now is what I would do. The argument is is to stay in the Champions League, but that's such a sh- that's such a short term outlook. I mean, one year. Yeah, but Barca are not going to win the Champions League, anyways. Barca are not going to win the next Champions League. I don't. I really don't see that happening. And and you know what? Another thing too. Sorry to sorry to interrupt. But one thing too. I, I made the point about dysfunction at Man United. Barca. I mean, Barca is a is a shit show. As well. Yeah, let's we don't it. even know what's gonna what's it gonna be like, right? Look, it was, they had a great first three four months. Um, that that unbeaten run of about 20 games and then all of a sudden everything went downhill and like even Xavi has come out after the season ended and, and kind of said that publicly like yeah like like we kind of lost it towards the end of the season right so you don't know like it depends very much on on how how well they sign I don't know how well they can sign I don't know about Lewandowski making it into Barca but we'll talk about that later mm-hmm. I think I think and I'll be honest with every big signing that United have done in the past I've always been Seeing it from the player's perspective, I've always, I've always thought, wow, what a terrible decision. What a terrible decision. Sancho, he was close to City from Dortmund, and then that never happened, and then ends up at United. I was like, bad decision. what a bad decision. Like that's, he's not going to thrive there. Um, and he hasn't yet. Van de Beek, what a terrible, what a terrible decision. You know, why would you go to United? I think Madrid was interested when, when he was, uh, when he when he left for United too, so um, these types of, of, of signings, obviously Varane, I'm like okay, like whatever that 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 can be a good signing for him. He's a center back. He's definitely going to lead the defense. He's going to he already won everything, which is different. He won five Champions Leagues by the eight by the age of 27, right, and the World Cup. So so it's he's not there to win. He he wants to play in the Premier League. That you could really tell that that was his goal, playing in the Premier League. That's why he signed, right. So I, I didn't think too much of it. But then there's a lot of different players that I was like, why are you going to United? Ronaldo, obviously, sentimental aspect. So you can kind of give him a, a free pass for that one. But then th- here comes Frankie, and it's the first time that I've thought, do it. Like, this is a good decision for you. Um, yeah, you won't play Champions League for a year, but you basically didn't play Champions League last year with Barca. You played Europa League most of the time, right? You, were, you played five games six games in the group stages. I don't even know if Frankie played all of them. And then you're playing Europa League. Like it's, it's why not go to United? You're going to have a season to adapt to the Premier League. You're not playing in Europe, right? Mm, um, you have a season to, to adapt to the Premier League under Ten Hag and make sure that, because he, he's going to be key in implementing his style of play. He's going to be the most important player probably in that, in doing that, right? So I do think it's, uh, it's the right time. It's the right fit. Um, and like you said, 
um, the Bruin can play. I'm um, the Bruin, sorry. The Young can play. Well, the Bruin can too. <laughs> but the Young can play in any team in the world. I think if if he plays in this position and he, if he's comfortable. So I do think I would say go for it. I would say go for it. And obviously, Barca apparently want a hundred million total, which I think is not going to happen. United were apparently offering around sixty um, plus twenty in uh, in add-ons. Um, do you think it's not worth it because he's he's not worth it? I think much? he's not worth it right now, and teams know that Barca's desperate too. Yeah, right. That's true. They will never give them exactly what they ask for. Barcelona is desperate to get some money and to be able to register their signings to sign some other people. Apparently, wanting to pay Lewandowski twelve million a year for three years. I, I just I, I love those links of uh, a Man or sorry, not Man United, a Barcelona desperate for money, and then you you in the rumor mill you see Bernardo Silva's yeah. name. Exactly. You see Lewandowski's name, and it's just what a luxury to be to be a team that's in financial turmoil, but have these guys linked to you. Yeah. I mean, with I remember again, I bring it back to Roma, but when it comes to when we were in financial difficulty, we had to sell Alisson and Mohamed Salah. We had to sell Nangalan. At one point, we had to sell Marquinhos. A lot of people forget that Marquinhos is a Roma youth product. Um, and we had to sell them to PSG. So it's just funny. You see these big teams like Barcelona that are, are supposedly in this horrific situation, which they are, but being linked to those names, man, like, come on. No, and I think they, like, it's, obviously, I don't I don't have a, a look at daily at their accounts, right? But I do think that it's kind of suspicious that they would be able to be linked with these players and that these players would buy it, you know? These players would buy into it. And Lewandowski is here thinking that he's going to have a $12 million a year uh, euros a year contract when I don't think Barcelona is able to pay that at all. I don't get. I honestly don't understand Lewandowski's infatuation with going to Barcelona. I, I I don't I don't see like what I mean. I I kind of I mean obviously Barcelona is a big club. It's weird. It's a weird move because he's not there to win. I think he, I think he's just there to fulfill uh, a long term dream of playing in Spain and playing with Barcelona or Real Madrid because he also wanted to go to Real Madrid a few years ago, right? So I don't know. I think. Maybe that's why, but um, I don't know. I, 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 I feel like, anyways, we're talking about Lewandowski yeah. already. Yeah. Also, before, I, I'm, I'm actually, I think I'm wrong. I don't think Marquinhos was a Roma youth product, but he was, uh, he was we got him uh, from Corinthians um, kind of at the start of his, his career there. So just another, another example of, of how the discrepancy is in, in football. So Gabriel Jesus, um, he's got plenty of options. Very popular guy in the market. Um, right now, well, the first first strong link with Ars- was Arsenal, Arsenal yeah. right? Uh, we were talking about it last week, I think. Um, Arsenal, and then came Chelsea, and then came Tottenham, and they're all interested, and they would all be willing to pay the 50 million uh, euros that apparently City wants to, 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 to sell them. Um, where do you go if you're him? Real Madrid was also interested, right? Uh, we just got to explain that He's Brazilian, so he would use um, a foreigner kind of place in the in the squad. And right now, there's those those three spots are being occupied by Vinicius, Rodrigo, and Militao, also Brazilian, all of them. And Vinicius is, is in the process of getting his uh, dual nationality. So if he does get it soon, then that would open up a spot for someone like Gabriel Jesus, right? Um, but I really don't see it happening. According to Fabrizio Romano, uh, he's uh, he's not he's going to stay in the Premier League. So where do you go out of those uh, out of those options? Stay, uh, they're all in London, or do you 
choose to stay and fight for a place at City with Haaland and Julian Alves <laughs> and Foden and Sterling and Mahrez and stop me whenever you want. <laughs> right. Keep going, man, because that list is not ending. Um, no, I definitely don't do that uh, if I'm him. Um, I think out of those teams, the fit would probably come at Chelsea. Um, I do think that there is room there. I mean, especially with Lukaku more than likely on the way out. Um, and obviously Timo Werner can hit the broadside of a bar. And so, I mean, but you know, another thing with, with Jesus, and if you look at his advanced statistics too, he really has underperformed when it comes as a goal scoring threat. When you look at his expected goals, he has actually been quite, quite awful in a lot yeah. of instances. So I don't know. I think but he's been quite good in others. Like I remember the, um, I forget the year now because COVID kind of messed up all my, my mental timeline here. But uh, the year before the stadium closures, Champions League, Manchester City at Real Madrid, um, Gabriel Jesus was key for that game to, uh, they were losing 1-0 and Gabriel Jesus was very important in that, in that, in that game to turn it around. And obviously City ended up uh, qualifying. So I don't know. I, I feel like it's a, it's a bit of, he's been key. Like this year, he was very important in the, in the end of the season. End of the season, he was very much the big man up top. Um, even if, like, whether he was playing as a number nine or he was playing on one of the wings, right? Mostly the right side. So I, I do think that he does have that goal scoring threat. Um, I don't know if he has it enough to supply what Chelsea need or to be the main guy. Yeah. That's the thing. Do you think, do you think Jesus is, is more of like a super, super sub? Or do you think he's a guy that you can put into your XI and be like, this I is, think, this is I, think I think Jesus is a is a guy that will score a goal every three games, no matter if he's coming off the bench or if he's starting. And I don't think that's a bad ratio. Um, obviously, a striker you'd like it to be more closer to one every two games, you know. Um, but I do think that he doesn't get the amount of respect that he deserves, and he doesn't get the amount of minutes that he deserves or that he should have. Obviously, why? Because City has got a packed. They're stacked. Yeah, yeah a packed, uh, a, a packed house there, right? So, like, I think um, definitely the option of uh, staying at City and fighting for a place is not is not one that he should really consider and prioritize. Um, I would go. I would not go to Tottenham. I would not go to Tottenham because Harry Kane is the big guy there. Um, Son is another one, pretty much the same same status as Kane now, and um, Kulusevski just got there. And I don't see them like he's definitely not going to have a starting spot there. He'll be he'll be a rotation player as well. Exactly, yeah. and they already have some of that, some of those. So I, I wouldn't go there. I think it's either Arsenal or Chelsea. And if you think about those, Arsenal is a better option for me because, and obviously I'm a Chelsea fan and I would love him there. But Arsenal is a better option. Number one, Arteta knows him. He was with Guardiola for a couple of years, maybe three years. Um, all those years. Gabriel Jesus was there, so if he wants him now, he must have a he must have a, an idea of how he would fit into the team and how he would be used. So I would say that's a safer bet in that regard. Obviously, it's a bit of a smaller club than Chelsea. I, I, I don't want to say a smaller club, but right now, the moment they're at, oh for sure, they're on they're performing at a, 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 a level that's lower Just than Chelsea, above mid table. So he would, yeah, so he would be valued a little more. Yeah, in there, he would be a starting spot player. I would say. Almost every game at Chelsea, you, you still gotta wait and see what happens because you have a lot of wingers, you have a lot of uh, offensive players, you have Havers, you have Lukaku who 
I don't even want to hear about anymore. You have CH, <laughs> you have uh, Hudson Odoi, you have Pulisic, you have so many names, Timo Werner, you know? So you got to kind of hold, hold, hold on and see what happens there before you make a decision of joining Chelsea. That's what I think. I say, I say Arsenal. Yeah, I mean, it's, um, yeah, Arsenal, Arsenal, I think, is a good choice, too, as well. But the thing with Chelsea, I like the fit there. I like the fact that he, I think he could battle his way in um, and, and actually provide quite a bit of a, especially with, like, all the, the different, you know, competitions that Chelsea's going to see themselves in with, you know, Champions League. And I think he can, his experience, like you said, he was so key for Man City um, in some of those Champions League runs. So I think he would be a good fit. Um, but again, I do agree with the sense that it is a bit of a crowded room in their attack. And also, I mean, okay, let's say he does go to Chelsea. Like, is Chelsea, like, is spending, what was the price? You said 50 million? Yeah. Like, is that really worth it to have what's probably, like, a rotation well, player? It's, it's, it's really worth it if Tuchel wants him to be a starter. But no, but I'm saying is, like, if he's going to be just coming off the bench and giving you one yeah, goal every not. three matches, maybe like, not. I, I just think Chelsea, with where Chelsea's at and some of the names they've been linked to, um, there's probably better fit out, better fits out there than than. So I don't know, or not. Sorry, not better fits um, financially. I think they can use their money perhaps better. But you know, in a perfect world, I think he could thrive at Chelsea. And and I mean, I guess we'll see with Arsenal if he does end up there too. I mean, one of the things too that I want to say about him. Is that this? Yeah, and lately he's been uh, used more on the wing than as a number nine by by Guardiola. But you you can't really forget or dismiss the amount of assists he gets too, right? He gets into good positions. Sometimes it's the pre-assist too, especially with City that they like to reach the end line and then cross it in. Um, he he does get assists this year in the Premier League. He had eight assists and eight goals. That's sixteen goal involvements in twenty one starts. It's not bad. It's not bad at all. I do think that. He any any team would be lucky to have a player that can play on the wing and as a striker as a, as a number nine, and I'm sure that he can play on the left wing too. He just hasn't done it enough, you know. But in that regard, if I'm Chelsea, for example, I, I would lean more towards uh, Raheem Sterling, who is also in their transfer list. Um, and and that's one that I really really want to see happen. I think his time at City is is past, and he would really benefit. Chelsea and he would really fit into the the style of play that Chelsea have and he can play on any any position up top um even as an up false number nine Guardiola used him a lot he let's not forget that couple couple um years ago Sterling was scoring 30 goals a season for Guardiola so he's a very good very good player um I think he can be or he is or was world class I don't know if people are gonna they're gonna kill me for that one but I do think that Sterling is a world-class player and I think it, he would be a great fit for Chelsea that's how I'll where I would lean towards. Um, but if I'm Gabriel Jesus, I would go to Arsenal. Yeah, and I'm just pulling up the squad here to look at Arsenal. And I think, yeah, you do bring up a good point about Arsenal. I mean, Lacazette, we know, is out the door. Um, and there's just so much room there for him if if playing time, especially also with, like, the World Cup coming up. Yeah. I mean, you want to, for Gabriel Jesus, I mean, you want to put in a really good a really good shift out at Arsenal and you want to get, get the attention uh, of the national team and, and uh, carve your spot in there. So, um, yeah, honestly, I don't think you can go wrong with Arsenal or Chelsea, but if we're talking likelihood, Arsenal does probably seem more likely. I just think that Arteta is going to make sure that he feels valued, is going to make sure that he gets his playing time that he wants. 
obviously right now for and not just for Gabriel Jesus, but for every player, every big player, every national team player in the world, it's this transfer market is different to any other. Yeah, right? because you don't have a year to prepare for the next World Cup. Yeah, you have three right months. In. You yeah. have three months, and if you're not a regular with your national team, now this is going to be a, a transfer market that's going to be differential, and it's really key for you to go somewhere where you're going to be able to prove to your national team coach that you deserve to be in Qatar come November. Oh, you yeah. know? So I do think that it's it's going to be opportunities going to be should be his priority, and that is why I should I would not go to Chelsea. Yeah, um, it's, a, it's a good point. It's a good point. You know, so I, I do think, and 50 million is nothing. 50 million, any of these clubs can, can fulfill that ask um, for Gabriel Jesus. I think it's, he's worth, definitely worth that, especially if he starts. And I think he would start at Arsenal. And Arsenal will get more bang for their buck. Definitely. Arsenal also just lo- lost Lacazette. Yeah, yeah. No, you know? for so sure. I do think, uh, I do a, think that Gabriel Jesus is a good, good fit there. Yeah, for sure. All right, now let's talk about another, another big link here and one that would be a pretty... Pretty big one is uh, Zidane, linked strongly linked to PSG. Is it the right move for him right now? I think so. I honestly, I honestly think that for PSG, I mean, we've seen them eat eat up coaches and spit them out. And I think that a guy like Zidane, I mean, let's face it, he's not really a refined tactical mind. Um, you know, he's he is criticized for that as kind of being not the most nuanced coach in that respect. But I do think he, he has shown, especially at Real Madrid, his ability to, to man manage. And I mean, what, what place needs man management more than PSG? Yeah. I mean, you've got so many egos, you've got so many star players. Um, and Juan, are you listening to these? Yeah. Huh? PSG. That's your, that's your team. You guys need help. Huh? Right. That's your team for now, I guess, until Messi goes somewhere else. But, um, but yeah, I think he, um, I think he's definitely, definitely, I think that's the, the right position for him. I know you had mentioned as well to me that there was links with the French national team. Um, but um, yeah, I think he could definitely, you know, he's, and also, I mean, a big part of, of, of Zidane's sort of build up play was Ramos at Real Madrid. Yeah. You know, he was so key to him and, and now to have, have Ramos at PSG, I think is just kind of a, a perfect fit there. Um, and, you know, I think, yeah. Now, now that you now that you mentioned that, there's one thing that's coming to mind. Uh, Kaylor Navas is set to leave PSG, and Zidane was one of the players that held off on signing other other keepers at Madrid because he had Kaylor Navas, and he used him for the three years that Madrid got the won the Champions League running. Uh, I do think that it could change the future for the for the Costa Rican goalkeeper. I, I, I think that maybe Zidane could come in and ask him to stay and maybe he's gonna play the Champions League and the Cups and, and Donnarumma plays the league on or I don't know how it would work, but I know Zidane's done it in the past and I know that he really values him. So mm. maybe maybe um now that you just mentioned uh, Ramos it kinda came came to mind and Former players. maybe it's uh maybe it's a possibility there. But one thing that I would say, so right now you were mentioning the na- the national team. And before I go into all that I, I got to say, and I, I got to say that Zidane, and I, again, Real Madrid fan, um, very much a fan of Zidane. He has kind of disappointed me a little bit in, in terms of, okay, so obviously his first job ever was Real Madrid, right? After he, he coached in the youth youth team. Uh, it was Real Madrid, super, super big challenge, uh, especially at the time where he got the team. And again, I, I, and I've said this, I said it last time, 
man management is his strength. I think he learned a lot under Ancelotti that first year as a second, uh, second uh, assistant coach. Sorry, and it's a big, it's a big part of his of his appeal, right, to a to a team, especially a team with the egos that PSG have, Real Madrid. You know, those big, big dressing rooms full of stars. I think he's good in that regard. But he has disappointed me in the sense that he hasn't really gone for a great challenge yet. Um, he hasn't gone to Roma like Mourinho. He hasn't gone to another, I don't know, uh, Tottenham like Conte, you know. Um, Guardiola hasn't either. I got to say that. Guardiola hasn't either. He took Barca. He took City. He took Bayern, right? Like the biggest clubs in each of their countries. Um, I don't think, and I don't think he'll do it. Why? Because I don't know if he trusts himself to do that. I don't know if he thinks he's qualified to do that. But he, he knows that he's qualified to lead a team that doesn't need too much leading, except for the man management, keep everybody happy, make sure you give minutes to these guys and keep those guys happy and keep Messi, Neymar and Mbappe, you know, fit and happy. So I think that's, um, that's one thing. I just wanted to get that across. I think Zidane has disappointed me in that regard. Now, going into the national team aspect, yeah, he wanted the national team. And obviously the World Cup now is not in the summer but is in november so it kind of messes everything up because he could technically wait and see take the national team now and then he doesn't have to sign for anyone uh but psg is a great opportunity they won't have Messi for much longer they won't have that attacking trio up top so i do think it's appealing um can he if he does really want the national team i would not sign for psg um because Obviously, you, you, you are committing to a contract. It's not going to be a one-year contract. Um, we know how PSG is, especially if it does well this season. The national team is going to go to another coach, and we know how that works. Those are even longer term, right? If somebody else takes the national team right now, if they're going to do it for years because there's one year between competitions with mm-hmm. the national team. I don't, think, uh, I don't think Zidane would be making the right move if his priority is the national team. If he... And I think it shouldn't be because he's a young coach still. Um, I think I would take PSG if I'm if I'm being him. I think it's the right move for him. Uh, and for PSG, obviously, it is the right fit because no one can handle a dressing room full of stars like like the big personality that Zidane is, you know? Yeah, and I mean, I don't know. Do you really think, though, like, is that even something that makes sense for the French Federation? To like, I mean, look, we're, we're only like, they've only got a few games left of preparation and you're going to bring in a new coach right before the tournament? No, I think it would be after. I think it would be after the World Cup. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So he would, if if he didn't sign for PSG, he would like, ideally be signing for the French national team in December, January. Oh, I see what and you're And then after take the... him from there, yeah. Yeah, and I think, yeah, in that case, yeah, he definitely has to make a decision. I mean, like, that's... You can't really have one foot uh, one foot in the water with uh, with a team like PSG. I mean, the expectations are through the roof as they should be. So you can't really you know stumble your way into this job. You have to it has to be your number one choice, and you have to be fully committed. And I think with Zidane, I think the what's the easiest way to sort of at least for me to evaluate coaches is looking at their last teams, of course, and how they um, how they utilize players. And I think that Zidane is. He has such a good a mixture of former players that he's coached, like Ramos, that he's comfortable with. And I could really see, like, I know Verratti, obviously, as a you know, Italian national team supporter. He's such, I think he's such 
a good midfielder, man. Like, I feel like this guy can honestly, like, do he anything. be the difference in a game. He, and I know we've discussed this before recording, Verratti, to me, can definitely be his Modric. And I think the one thing that Zidane could use is a really, really defined defensive midfielder. And to kind of be his Casemiro. Yeah. And the guy that I want to bring up, and I'm just going to shoot it out there, so you guys can be feel free to comment on it. Ngolo Kante. Yeah. I think that, you know, there's rumors with him of a Chelsea exit with one year left on his deal. I really think that guy could be such a perfect fit for Zidane to be his Casemiro. Um, obviously, we don't even have to think twice about his tack. I mean, when you've got Neymar, you've got Mbappe, you've got Messi, you could do whatever you want with them. I mean, we know that, and we know that, uh, that Zidane heavily, heavily relied on Benzema. And I think that if he were to take the PSG job, Mbappe would really, really benefit from that because he would become Zidane's new Benzema. I was not aware that Conte had one year left on his contract, and now that's making me a bit nervous. Um, thank you for that. No but, worries, man. Anytime. But there has been talk. There has been talk about um, Chelsea possibly losing him and, and giving him up. Uh, he's closer to 30 now. Of course, I do think he's got three or four more years at a good level. Um, and, sure. and yeah, he's, he's also won it all with Chelsea, right? Or pretty much all with Chelsea. So I do think that it, it, it wouldn't be crazy to think that he could, he could maybe move on to another challenge. And obviously the challenge is not in winning the league, the French league, but in winning the Champions League, right? And I do think it's a huge challenge. Um, and, and I do think that it's now or never for PSG because they will never have a, a, as good a team as they have now mm. with the stars, the mixture of, of, of youth and, and experience with Ramos, with Marquinhos, with, Navas with Messi with Neymar you know those guys are experienced players even Verratti he's playing at a he's younger but he's playing at a he's been playing at that level for for ages yeah. right and and he can he can deal with the big stage um and then you have the younger players too you know uh Kimpembe is a little younger you know Nuno Mendes Hakimi so you have this like nice little mixture of young youth and experience and I think this was their year I thought this was their year really and 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 this coming one could could yet be it so I think I think it's a good move. I, it would be a good move. Um, I do think it's a good move for Zidane, and I think it would be a great signing if they could secure Dante for them. And I'm not going to lie, I would be attracted to watch a little bit more of PSG if, if that happened, because now they're actually challenging. They can actually challenge for the Champions League. Um, so Juan, not all, is, not all is lost, buddy. Yeah, take a, take a deep breath, man. <laughs> you, know, you know what name I actually saw linked to PSG recently? And I thought... <laughs> It immediately caught my eye was uh, was Gianluca Scamacca. Yeah, well, he's been linked to uh, everyone. Yeah, basically. Yeah, he's another guy that um, actually I think is would... he is he that good? Honestly, now statistically speaking, he had a really good year with Sassuolo from a goal output. Mm. Um, again, I think there's still parts of his game that need to be refined as well. But I'm telling you, Gianluca Scamacca, and I've been saying it for the past couple of years, especially, and I don't. I'm not saying this just because he's a he's a Laziale, but Immobile was such a problem. I just want to say I met him a couple years ago, and he never said this to me. Immobile? No, no, Scamacca. Okay, <laughs> come on. No, I've been saying, we'll, guys, we'll post. We'll look on my. I have a the starting eleven app, right? And I always have been playing around with the Italian national team, and you'll see that I had Scamacca as the heir to Immobile. 
yeah. as the number. And I've always rated him highly because he was a Roma youth product. I know a little bit about him. He's a you know Roman born guy. Moved to PSV, came back to Syria. Uh, he's got all the tools. In a lot of ways, he kind of reminds me a little bit of Nunez in yeah. terms of yeah. He's he's a very big guy, six five. Yeah, he is. he's extremely powerful. Um, he's got a lot of finesse. Not he's not only just an aerial threat and like a poacher. This guy can score from outside the box. He really has a lot of interesting tools, and he's also been heavily linked to Arsenal. So yeah, that's what I was gonna say. So, so Arsenal has been a big big link. Um, and and that what could, if Kamaka goes there as a number nine and Gabriel is exactly. goes that wing, right? It could be a could be a good option. And do you think like okay? So quickly, let's quickly jump into that one. What would be the best move for him? Would you go to a, maybe a bigger club within the Serie A because he's already kind of dominated with the league um, and look to kind of become a big name in Italy before going abroad, or would you take that step now and go to Arsenal maybe? I think it. I think it depends on the fit of the team. So it depends if we're talking Arsenal. Mm, I, I I don't know. I would. I think he would be really really interesting at PSG. Mm-hmm. But I mean, with that with that trio up front, yeah. I, I don't know if that's. I just think with Zidane, I mean, I, the way Zidane used Benzema and 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 Skamaka's aerial ability, I think that would add a really really interesting layer for for PSG. I do think that the most likely move for Skamaka, if he does move from Sassuolo, will definitely be within Serie A. I think the only way he does leave is if he does. There is a mega offer from 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 Arsenal. I think that's the one club that that he could he could move to. But to answer your question, as I kind of tiptoed around it, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> just because I, I, to be one hundred percent honest, I don't I don't actually know what would be. But I think if he stays in Serie A and he moves to what you call a bigger club, I mean, let's look at the big clubs that need an, a, a true number nine. I mean, we know that Juve's got Vlahovic. Yeah. We know that Roma's got Abraham. Um, we know that Napoli's got Osimhen. Inter is going to have Lukaku and Lautaro. So, like, I mean, if he stays within Serie A, the only real team that I could see him move to would be Fiorentina. Would be an would be maybe not a big enough step. Exactly, but that's the thing. I'm just going to say, if you're going from Sassuolo to Fiorentina, it's a bit of a lateral step. Although yeah. I really think Fiorentina's got some really, honestly, some really interesting young players. Fiorentina um, wants Jeco, by the way, Edin Jeco. Yeah, and I mean that to me is an absurd link. I don't know. I don't know why Jekyll would do that unless what he really wants is to play a lot because yeah. he'd play a lot there. Yeah. But I mean, if we're talking about a big step, I think, I think if, if if he feels he's ready to kind of put himself on the on the main stage, I think he moves. I think he should move to Arsenal. But if 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 he does feel that, listen, I need more refinement in my game. I want to grow a little bit more. Still super young. I would just deal with Sassuolo. Okay. Because uh, I mean, moving from Sassuolo to Fiorentina. How old is he? Uh, he's young. I think he's like literally twenty. Like yeah. he's, I'll check here just to make sure. Yeah. Oh shit, he's actually twenty three. So you know what? No, in that case, I'm sorry. I thought he was actually like twenty or twenty one. He's got to go to to Arsenal. Yeah, he's got to go. This is the time. Okay. I mean, uh, let's let's talk about let's talk about Gareth Bale now. Uh, World Cup's coming again in November. He definitely only cares about being ready for that. Doesn't really care about club football. But there's been several links. One of them has been Hitafe, which I thought was just absurd and kind of kind of came out out of thin air there. Um, he shut it down too. Yeah, he shut it down. His <laughs> agent, so here it is. His agent shut it down and said, I don't even have Hitafe's president's number. But then there's a Hitafe player that has the same agent. 
So Ooh. he definitely has his number. Um, <laughs> but anyways, I don't think Hitaf is a serious, serious link. Serious link. Um, but I would say there's also the Cardiff. Cardiff, um, it's Cardiff City who play in the championship, second division in England, is another one of the big links. Um, obviously, he's from Cardiff, right? Sentimental value and, and such and such. Again, I think Bale, I genuinely think Bale was looking to retire hmm. before, um, before the, like, if, if, if Wales didn't make the World Cup. I think he was looking to retire. And now, Obviously, he's not because Wales made it, right? So he just he's has only thirty-two. Yeah, it's like, yeah, but he doesn't. I don't think he feels a passion for for football like the same he did before. Now he's just focused on okay, I gotta be fit to play with Wales in November, at least six games, right? Fit enough. And right now, what he's been doing has been working because he's still delivering with with Wales, right? And he's being important, and he's just been training with Real Madrid. But he doesn't have that high-quality Real Madrid training anymore. So where do you go? If you're looking for sentimental value, which would be Cardiff, why not go to Southampton, where you started before Tottenham? It's a better option. It's Premier League level. You're playing at a, at a level that's going to really prepare you. You know, the championship is rough. It's 46 games in the season, you know. Um, and then from the point of view of Bale, he is a player who's prone to injuries. Mm. Championship is very rough. He's going to be one of the most talented players in the league. They're definitely going to go for him, right? In terms yeah, of, you don't want to do that before the World Cup. Exactly. So, and, and also, in, from the point of view of the club, do you want a player that's going to be committed for three months and then after, after the World Cup is going to be like, eh, whatever, you know? But would you also give him a six-month contract? I don't know if clubs are willing to do that, right? He also got, has like big wages. So if I'm Bill, like if you're Bill, what do you do? I think, you know, if I'm Bale, and again, I don't really know what what his main, you know, goals are with his next move. I don't know if, like, is he just wanting to to get playing time in before the World Cup and kind of, I mean, obviously the World Cup is his main uh, focus right now. Yeah, like, like whatever club he goes to, it's going to be a move that is highly linked to how it's going to prep prepare him for for the World Cup. Now. I hate to bring it back to Roma because because <laughs> <laughs> I, I can I, do I, you though do you hate it I love it okay. I love it but I I tend to do it a lot but I'll, I'll tell you the reason I do it a lot is because obviously it's it's one of the it's the club I know best so there has been rumor circulating and a, a report out of Spain um, that that Mourinho wants Roma or wants yeah Roma to get um, to get bail yeah and. I thought about it at first and kind of laughed it off. Yeah. I was like, okay, well, like that's stupid. Yeah. Like, uh, and that's not going to happen, right? But then I think about it. If I, I can't imagine money being a huge motivation for him. I mean, the guy made, I don't even want to know how much he made at Real Madrid. Yeah. And obviously he's on the back nine of his career. Like you said, there's questions about his passion for the game dwindling. But, and obviously the World Cup is kind of his, his main, you know, crowning thing right now yeah. that he wants to focus on. But... I could see a team like Roma being actually in a good position for a guy like Bale. They're not, he's not going to be relied game in and game out. He's going to slot in behind a guy like Zaniolo. He's going to bring a lot of the same attributes as Zaniolo. Um, I could definitely see him linking up really well with guys like Pellegrini and Abraham. Yeah. 
I think I think more than more than being able to link up with teammates because let's face it, he's going to be there for a year. Yeah, I don't think he signs more than a year contract. Um, it's not really how much he can perform for the club. Like right now, it's all about getting ready for that World Cup, right? What's going to give you that? Playing matches because if you're not training at Real Madrid level training sessions, right? Yeah. You need that game game fitness, match fitness, right? And that's only going to be given to you by playing games. And you don't want to go, I don't want to go, I wouldn't want to go to the Premier League. Um, I could see him because it, I could see him be doing well there, but maybe it's too demanding on him. It's right? too physical. And that's why. Yeah, I do agree with you. That could be a good fit, especially if Mourinho knows how to manage him um, and when to give him that. He was with Mourinho at Tottenham and he did really well. Exactly. Was six months. Yeah. Um, so I do think Mourinho knows him if he's asked for for Bale, knowing that Bale maybe doesn't really care too much and, and it's only waiting for the World Cup, then he must have a reasoning behind it, right? You got to trust a, a coach like that. So I think I think it's a good fit. And honestly, another reason too is the biggest issue with Roma this past year, um, and c- clubs like Roma, I mean, it's it's a common issue, is depth. Yeah. Right? Like when, when guys get injured, you know, and like if a key player gets injured, like, a, like when Mkhitaryan gets hurt or Pellegrini gets hurt, and you're looking to your bench and you're like, holy shit, like this is yeah. a disaster. Exactly. Like depth is key and Bale can bring that. That's all really Bale has kind of going for him right now for any club that he's really going to go to that he's been linked with. He's not going to go as like, he's going to change the face of this club. Yeah, He's coming in to be a supplemental guy. He wants to get reps in before the World Cup, but he also doesn't want to be overplayed as well. That's why I don't think, like you said, Cardiff City doesn't make a lot of sense. Like I, I wouldn't want to go there and you know, play every single week in one of the most physical divisions right yeah. before like m- my country's first World Cup since God knows when. Exactly. So that's I think Roma is a really interesting fit. Um, even Juventus, if they miss it on the media, but I don't know how much appeal that is really for Juve. Um, I don't really see much of a connection there. But yeah, I don't see that happening. But and Roma's in, in, in terms of Dima, yeah, everything's kind of frozen up right now. Um, links with Barca are. are strong but nothing's really happening because nothing ever happens with Barca because they don't have the money and the players That's keep right. thinking they're going to sign and talking about that let's move on to Lewandowski to, to finish up um, do you think he's going to play for Barca next season? I mean all the links and everything that he's kind of said we know he's prioritizing Barca yeah I just I honestly don't really get it like yeah. I mean like I don't other uh, yes Barcelona is a is a legendary club I mean Obviously, it's got that going for him. But like, if we look, take a look at Lewandowski's career. I mean, he's won everything from from a club level, right? So, I, I mean, I don't really see what Barcelona brings to his career yeah. at this point in time. To me, it makes a lot more sense for him to look at the EPL. Yeah, I mean, because I could see a guy like like Lewandowski. Let's face it, Lewandowski is right now the second best striker in the world behind Benzema. Yeah, so. For me, play, for him, like if I'm if I'm uh, if I'm Lewandowski, go to Chelsea. Well, honestly, <laughs> quite honestly, I was gonna say I really thought that like what would have made sense, obviously before Nunez, was Liverpool or Chelsea. Yeah, because a guy of that caliber, I think if and Lewandowski is an, uh, I, I really think he's an ambitious guy, and I think for him to be like, you know what, I'm gonna take my talents to the best league in the world and show and and also stick it to Bayern. Yeah, because. You know, for, for Lewandowski, I think 
you look, you can look at it from both sides. You can look at it from a club perspective. And I kind of understand Byron's point of view. I mean, he's older now. Yeah, but I don't think Byron wanted to like want him to leave. Like what I don't understand is what could have happened uh, to kind of rupture that relationship. Well, I'll tell you I, what I think happened. I think, I think it was that they were flirting with Holland for exactly. a little bit. Right? It's, it's, and also I did read and hear about um, there was contractual um, uh, contractual agreement. Yeah. yeah, I think he wanted a three-year deal, mm-hmm. and they were only wanting to take it year by year. Yeah, and which that, is absurd with a player like him. You can that, at least give him two. That's the thing, man. Like, look, we saw like there's a specific ilk of players, in my opinion, that can continue to dominate in their mid to late thirties. There's guys like Ronaldo. There's guys like Messi. Yeah. How like Jekyll's still even productive? Yeah. Obviously not that ill, but <laughs> um, still productive, and he's 35, 36. Yeah. Lewandowski can dominate can dominate the Bundesliga at 35 years old. Yeah, absolutely, in my opinion. So I honestly, and I can understand doing your due diligence as Bayern. Like when a talent like Holland comes up, yeah, you kind of got to see what's going on there, but. That's why I, I don't really understand the link to Barcelona as much. I think for him, I, I think he just, I think there, there must have been something that, that went really badly, whether it was a con- contractual conflict, the way they handled Holland. Who do you think will be, like, if I do, okay, like he says he won't ever wear the Bayern shirt again. Who, who loses the most out of that? No matter where Lewandowski goes. Well, it's, def- it's definitely Bayern. Right. I mean, you're losing- I think they're just going to go into a period of not being able to challenge for the Champions League because I don't think they get a replacement that's as good. How, how could you? Exactly, right? Like who who's on the who can you possibly bring in? Yeah. Like they were talking about Lukaku, which I'd be happy to hand over. Be, that'd be an interesting fit. Um but yeah, like it's it's definitely Byron that loses out on this one. Um and I mean Honestly, I think the only way that this would have worked out for for Byron is if they did pull off Holland. Yeah. Um, but the fact that they they obviously went forward and failed and in the process pissed off Leva, like that's that's a tough one to swallow. So I'm really intrigued to see how it plays out with Lewandowski. Like, I mean, right now he's a Bayern player, but what happens? Like, what do you think is going to happen with him this side? I think he definitely leaves. I think so. The latest link is PSG. Apparently, I don't know if I can believe that PSG can sign and have all these big names and all these big, big egos and all this uh, big fit? salaries. Um, Zidane would would be making twenty five million a year too, by the way, according to reports. So I don't think how that is possible economically. Um, but obviously, it would be a great signing. Mm-hmm. Obviously, it would be a great signing. Um, I don't see I don't I don't see how Barca can get him in. I I think and I, I, I think I almost want him to go to Barca and I would I'm curious to see how he does there, but I don't see how Barca can get that through the finish line. You know, right now they have Christensen and Kessier who have signed or verbally agreed to sign and can't get registered and they're having to renew contracts on the on on lower uh economical terms for, for players that have been there longer. Because they don't know how to how to get to a point where they can sign and register their players, you know. So I don't I don't see how Lewandowski plays for Barca next season. I think it'll be. I mean, if it ever were to happen, I think it'd be great for La Liga. I mean, you'd have the two best strikers in yeah. the world in the same league. Um, kind of maybe rekindle a little bit of that Ronaldo Messi yeah. dynamic. But yeah, I don't really know. Like, I don't think he stays at 
buy him either. I mean, when you make those public comments, I don't know exactly. how that's how that I think I, I would love to see him in the Premier League. I think he can still, there's still time. Lewandowski, Chelsea's still there. You I should would offer love, yourself to Chelsea. I think he should go to Chelsea. And I want him desperately to go to Chelsea so Chelsea can can honestly fuck right off from their buyback clause. But I'll tell, Tammy. You, I'll tell you what. <laughs> I'll Leave tell you Tammy what. alone. I'll tell you what, though. PSG is also interesting if he does go there, if, if they what manage he, to. But how do you... Okay, so you're... Oh, I, I don't know. That's not our job. That's going to be Sedan's job. I, but I guess you could put Messi in a Modric kind of yeah, role. You can, you can, yeah. Pull him back further into the midfield. But man, if he goes to PSG, zero excuses. Zero. Yeah. There is... If you if they lose, I think they should fold the club. Yeah. <laughs> I, I think Lewandowski is kind of like... He's put all his eggs in one basket, which is the Barca basket. And now stuff is getting delayed. He's getting delayed. And now I, we don't really know. Obviously, the summer transfer market is just opening. But we don't know if it's going to be able to be... What a weird... Completed. So, like, what if it doesn't? Well, what what do we have now with Lewandowski? We have a player who had to stay for Bayern and maybe won't play because of how he's been behaving, right? Uh, just such a, it's such a weird link. I don't really... I really am. I wish I could be like a fly on the wall with him and his agent talking yeah. about Barca because I'm like I. I honestly don't know what's pulling him to Barcelona over teams like Chelsea. Yeah. Um. You know the Prem or, or wherever a place like that. I don't. I don't. I don't see why. Well, I mean, we'll have to wait and see. And you guys will have to wait a couple of days for the next episode. But today was pretty fun. Two man wall is definitely better, huh? One. Yeah, man. It's. Uh... <laughs> Feeling good. <laughs> we don't need you, Juan. We don't need you. But we did miss you today. Yeah. Um, Next one, Punito. We'll get you in. Guys who are listening, everybody who's listening, just, um, you can now follow us on our Twitter account. Please do. Uh, we're in desperate need of followers. <laughs> At it's, the three man wall. Yes. Three, and, the number. Yes. And you can find us on Instagram too with the same same user. Um, and yeah, just stay tuned for more. All right. Yeah, guys. Thank you. Have a good one, guys. Take care. Ciao.